Karma, we're starting. We have started. How are you, buddy? I'm really well, thanks, Clayton. How are you? I'm doing all right. I'm doing all right. Uh, how's your weekend? Did you get up for much? Not really. Pretty, um, pretty boring this time. <laughs> Not a lot going on. Yeah, just keeping it, keeping mm. it chilled. Um, good, good, good. I had actually a very good weekend. I had probably the craziest bike ride I've ever had because I'm cycling a lot at the moment. Um, so not only did I crash, but I also almost got in a fight. Road rage. Road rage. I had a, a heated discussion <laughs> with a uh, motorist. Uh, he ripped his car around and jumped the curb <laughs> and jumped out of his car and came up to me. So uh, that was hectic. Jumped the curb? Um, yeah, man. Like he, because he, he was obviously going past us and then he turned and just ripped it. Turned, like, you know, did a U turn in the middle of the street and just smashed up the curb on the other side of the road and then jumped out. Wow. <laughs> Oh man, it was. It what was kind hectic. of car was after it? I'd already, it was just like a little, like one of like like a tiny minivan. Oh those yeah, tiny little ones. Mm-hmm. It it oh, it looked hell- it was it was pretty funny. It was this this older guy, and he was very mad. And I was like, man, grow up, please stop acting like a fifteen year old. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, it was it was it was pretty intense. But uh, after I'd already crashed, um, because I thought this. Uh, you know, I was gonna. I was turning around, and I thought there was like a look like, you know, what looked like road base was actually just rocky sand, and it was quite wet. So yeah, I just uh, ate dirt, <laughs> and I man, it was a very eventful, a very eventful ride. And I think I spent the whole weekend recovering from it. Um, oh no. <laughs> sorry. So yeah, uh, all my cyclist buds, be be careful out there. Don't, uh, do you know, bounce uh, yeah. back like you used to, huh? Oh man, so embarrassing, <laughs> so embarrassing. Uh, dude. So yeah, good stuff. But looking forward to a good week. I've got lots on. We've got a public holiday on Thursday. Does that mess your life up? Um, a little bit, but uh, like I don't know that I'll necessarily have that day off completely, but. Yeah, I'll work from home and see what happens. I try and do Someone, as less work as possible, but there's you know stuff going on that I haven't planned for. We, uh, I was talking. We got some air conditioning. We got new air conditioning installed, which was amazing and is amazing. Last Friday, um, it's got sent. We got sensors in every room, so we can change the temperature of every room, which is so cool. And uh, the guy was like, "Yeah, I don't think I've ever heard anyone any." I'd never thought I'd hear Australians complain so much about a public holiday, <laughs> which, uh, yeah, there's been a bit of chat about that. So that was, that's interesting. I mean, I guess like, yay, thanks Lizzie, but also because it was, it's kind of unexpected and it's midweek and our public holidays are never during the week. Like it's just was like, oh, okay, well, I've got a festival launching on Friday, so there's no chance. That I'm not, there's not going to be things, you know, come up last minute things yeah. for that. So just for example, that's definitely, you know, going to happen. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. So, but, you know, so, I mean, yeah. I'm going to take it as easy as possible. 
Good. Yeah. Good. And and how is work though? You got you see anything interesting lately? What's been happening? Um, in the social media marketing world. As far as the social media marketing world goes, in terms of um, meta ads, mm. I'm noticing a really interesting trend about lookalike audiences, which really seem to just completely become ineffective at some point. Some point mm. after like iOS 14.5. Um, and they sort of never really recovered for me anyway, at least like across the campaigns that I run. And, um, I'm seeing them kind of start to come back now. So I'm not sure whether that's due to the maturity of the campaigns, you know, now they've finally maybe got enough relevant lookalike data, um, out of the limited stuff that they can collect from now. And maybe that's why. They're starting to be more effective, but it's made me test them across more, or retest them across more different um, campaigns and clients, and it seems to be fairly across the board that they're working better yep. than they than they have done. So, might be worth giving them another test if you'd given up on lookalike audiences. Great insight, man. That's really helpful. Mm. I think that kind of on the ground info is, is really, really handy and, and really helpful, I think, for everyone. Yeah, well, I mean, thanks. It's, it's sort of, it's hard to know, you know, how it's gonna work in everyone's accounts because everything's different, but, um, yep. you know, worth, worth a test if you'd sort of tested it enough and thought, yep, this isn't gonna work for us. Um, and that was, you know, I don't know, a couple of months, finished a couple of months ago then maybe give it another bash. Um, but what are you working on? Uh, yeah, just you know, got my reports out last week, um, a bit late for end of month, but it was good to, to review some data and performance. And um, look, I was really happy to see um, one of my main clients, uh, you know, we, we've been um, making some blog posts, right? Mm-hmm. We've been, uh, they're a local service business. And just just to see those blog posts start bringing in traffic um, is still super gratifying for me, and I, I still I still think it can't be underestimated. Like that, you're bringing in traffic that wouldn't have been there in the first place, right? Yeah. Uh, that, so yeah, I, I, it, it's great to see that you can still do a great blog post, uh, you know, in depth always have some SEO help around it um, because us SEO folks can really help structure those blog posts better, right? Mm. That's Because that's the key. That's the key to these posts, right? If you just do four paragraphs of text around something you wanted to talk about, it's probably a waste of time. Um, if you have some SEO strategy and you look at what people are talking about around the topic on Google and you write to that, you really can can get some benefits, right? So mm. I just I just love to see it, love to see it. So it's really good. It's really interesting. It's one of the things that I always um, say to the like the ECU students when I go there. Yeah. Because um, my specialty topic with them is content marketing um, and like explaining to them the push and pull. Yep. So, you know, 
you're talking about having blog blog traffic, mm-hmm. um, putting out information that people want to read, so they come to you. Yes. To read it. Whereas, yes. you know, a lot of marketing is about going out and finding the target and making sure you're in front of them. Yes. Um, and so I think that that's a really, really interesting to like, I don't know, to talk about the difference and whether you, in your business advertising you're doing both or whether you're prioritizing one or the other and how that's going. Yeah, the mix, the mix of the two. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's, it's so valuable because... I mean, not only can you move further up the funnel, you can also be at the bottom of the funnel. Um, And a good piece, I think, can very quickly move people down the funnel um, uh, if, you know, if that's the goal, you know. So, yeah, just just great to see. Uh, And I really still think so many businesses are not taking advantage of it. So, yeah, blogs are still working out there, still cranking, I think. Um, you know, the, the talk about voice search was, was a little bit overblown. Um, but yeah, good to see. All right, dude, let's get on to some big hits. Um, let's start off, uh, with the biggest event in the world, uh, <laughs> the, the death of the queen. And, and I'm calling this big hit brand spam. Um, we've got two articles to, to post together, which is good. Um, Oh, we'll start with your article that you that you've you posted here, which is called Queen. What, what's it called actually? No. Um, Cursed corporate queen memorials. Cursed corporate queen memorials. It's Love. God save the cringe. God save the cringe. List of the most cursed corporate queen memorials. <laughs> awesome. So, as as you know, we all could have guessed there are going to be a ton of brands that did a bad job of this, right? Um, what, what did you see? Like, were there any no, really noteworthy ones that you need to, that you want to highlight? I mean, I guess everybody jumped on this because it's just such big news. And I, and you know, any brands that operate in the UK, or I've lived there. It's, it's different, you know, to how we, we see the queen. Um, they just love her. And there's a lot of feelings that I think people didn't, quite know where to put um and so they've they've voiced them through their brand which maybe is not always um a great idea like mcdonald's flying their flags at half mast i think is a, a bit weird um okay like yeah. sales like clothing sales like a, a, a bit weird <laughs> Yeah. Um, yeah. But in general, I mean, it's a pedestrian TV article. Like, there's heaps of cringe in there. It's <laughs> that's what they do so well. You would have seen heaps of cringe um, things from I don't know every news feed on every platform that you have been on. Yeah. Um, you couldn't have escaped all of the Queen stuff. So look, I did see. If you've got a really good one, you should send it in to us, and maybe we'll compile a a post of the best of the cringe. I think I did, uh, uh, what actually made my feed were the errors when, when brands actually made an error in the post. So I think, you know, I think one was like, oh, now the queen can, uh, now the queen can be with her husband, Charles or something. And kind of just oh, like, <laughs> you know, like just making a, like a straight up, 
a straight up mistake in in the yeah. in the in the ill thought post and then with an error to really compound compound it is the fact that they you know cared so much they couldn't even get her husband's name right yeah yeah so i saw a few of those they were bad and uh, i think that this leads nicely onto the next article which was an article that i got in my linkedin feed and it was by um, nicole jamison who is director of the dark horse agency she's a digital strategist here in Perth, actually, and it was a really good article and Mumbrella published it on their actual, you know, on their site. Um, and so she shared it and it's called Social Media Tributes Brands Beware. So um, this is a great, it's a great summary of some brands that got it right and some brands that got it wrong, but a yeah. bigger discussion about should you be posting about it as a brand, right? Yeah. So she says, so when something big happens globally, many brands want to take that easy, easy jump onto the content creation train as it whooshes by. And look, I think this is the main, this is mainly part of, this is the part of the problem is that in the rush to create content, and you've heard me say this in other contexts before, but in the rush to create content, there's, it's just an absolute all out scramble to get something to put up, right? That is an error. And I think what this article does a good job of summarizing is that the first, and this is a quote from the article, the first and most important rule of social media is you don't have to post just because everyone else is. Preach, Mm. right? Preach. Yeah. You don't have to post. I mean, if you don't have anything to add, then why why just add to the noise? Like it makes no sense. I, I think the key is back to brand and back to brand alignment. And what do you have some kind of link to the issue that you are posting about? If you don't have any link in any way, shape or form, you don't need to post about it. Your customers are not sitting there waiting for you to post about these issues. It is unnecessary. And the only thing you're risking is brand harm. There's no, there's no benefit, right? There's no benefit to be had. Um, so, for example, a brand that did a good job um, was Paddington Bear. Like Paddington Bear did a sweet tribute, sweet tribute, because that move, that movie he franchise, did. they they have done stuff with the Queen, right? But is that a is Paddington Bear a brand? Well, I yeah, absolutely. It's a, a massive children's brand, like books, TV shows, it cartoons, movies, everything. I think, right? Like that makes it easier though to decide whether. You should weigh in. Well, I, I mean... Because he's a personal brand. I guess. I guess you could say that. But look, as long as you've got some kind of link, I mean, even if you're like English-based businesses, that, that makes sense. And also if you link it to a sale, I mean, that's probably bad. She highlights in this article that Selfridges, which is a big English retailer, um, they did a touching tribute, mm. blacking out their windows and closing their main stores for a day. So there's no site, like, they lost sales, right? Yeah, it's not like come and get 50% off because the queen yeah, is dead. Yeah, so I, I, I think that's, yeah. that's a good, clear example. But yeah, look, if, if there's no alignment, if you can't add anything to the discussion, just don't worry about it. Don't post, right? Yeah, and if you have feelings about it, but they don't fit your brand. Just put it on your personal. Account. That's good too. Yes, that's good too. 
Um, or just talk to a friend or just rant at the TV. Like, it doesn't have to be from your business. Yeah, and look, a lot of people probably merge the two, right? People, as you said, they're overthinking the mix of the two. Um, mm. Yeah, I mean, look, if the Queen wrote your business a letter for some reason 20 years ago, sure, share that. Be like, yep, the Queen wrote this. It was a really nice letter. But you know what I mean? Like, it has to be relevant yeah. to your business in some way, shape or form. Otherwise, just don't worry about it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so. it's Because it's not like people weren't aware. Correct. You know? Correct. You're not like. It's everywhere. So you're not informing them of the fact that she died. <laughs> yes. 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 So anyway, great summary, Nicole. Um, I hope to run into you somewhere at a marketing event because I'd love to, to chat more. So good job, Nicole. Um, Thanks, Nicole. All right, on to big hit number two. Uh, some more information has come out about Disney's new ad-supported tier. Um, and we're going to link to a good summary post from uh, LinkedIn Jason Yim on this one um, because he really did, really did sum up the, the headline points really well. Um, so Netflix is planning to launch its cheaper ad-supported tier in November. So wow, that's, that's really not far away. Um, at $77.99 a month, I'm going to assume that's American. Uh, they're floating a $65 CPM to ad buyers, but they probably won't get this seeing as the average industry CPM is sub 20. So we're talking a pretty uh, premium pricing. And then here we get really premium karma is Netflix is also asking for $10 million uh, minimum yearly ad spend commitment. Wow. And they mm. want to lock you in. They want to lock in those ad buys by September 30th. Whoa. They should have no problem. They're expecting to have 500,000 customers on its ad supported plan by the end of 2022. Uh, and, and Jason says that's a pretty small mm. size for a $10 million annual spend. Um, not to mention the ads will not have any third-party attribution and limited targeting capabilities. Advertisers are only able to buy against the top 10 most viewed TV series and some content genres. Netflix won't serve ads based on geography, age, gender, viewing behavior, or time of day. Um, so there will be, and there will be four minutes of ads per one hour of series. That's pretty low compared to TV at 16 minutes of ads per hour. So uh, I think that's like super interesting great to see some detail around you know how the biggest streaming service is going to that has been ad free until this point is going to offer a cheaper ad supported tier what did you think yeah it's interesting that they that they think that they're going to have um 500,000 customers by the end of the year mm -hmm. um cuz it's already you know mid september yeah. um I don't know whether people are going to want to embrace this ad, like with ad platform Netflix with ads. I don't know how much how much is it normally. Like how uh, much cheaper is it? Like five dollars a month. Uh, Netflix pricing is currently. I don't have Netflix, so I don't know. <laughs> but um, I that... don't know. Like I guess four minutes of ads per hour isn't a lot. 
Uh, but a lot of a lot of content is quite short these days. So you got twenty two minute episodes. Mm-hmm. So if you have if you have three twenty two minute episodes, well twenty minute episodes in an hour, I guess. Yeah. Um. Then I don't know. Then that seems like more. Mm-hmm. But anyway, yep. it's less than TV, but I don't think we're people really... Well, apparently nobody watches TV anyway, so... Oh, plenty of people watch telly, but yeah. Of course they do. Yeah. I do. Yeah. It's something people say because they think it sounds good. Yeah, or like, yeah. oh, I, do, I quit Facebook. It's like, yeah. okay, good. Good for you. <laughs> okay. You're so, you're so special. Um, well, like, I mean, good. If you did it for mental health reasons or to go and do something way more productive with your life, I totally support that. But, like, the fact that you felt the need to tell me about it means that yeah. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> 10 million a year seems like a lot. But what I will, for, like, a small group, I tend to agree with Jason's sentiment there. But what I will say mm. is that the intent of the people watching is they are actually watching. You know, like it's not um, cinema ads where you go into the cinema late so that you don't have to watch the ads. Yeah. Or um, it's not radio ads where you're just trying to find somewhere to park. Yeah. Um, you're actually paying for people's eyes to be on the screen. So I kind of think um, as like display type of, you know, broad targeting like TV and radio it's um, probably going to be quite effective for, like, you know, Mercedes and Heineken and all that sort of shit. I agree. I agree. I think that uh, it will work great and these big brands will drop 10 million, um, you know, it's couch change. It's yeah. down the side of the couch change and it'll be great for them. And so uh, I don't think these, like, these brands, they understand how to build brand and and they are and maintain, and maintain it. it and like smashing their ads everywhere. They understand that smashing ads everywhere they can is is the key to it. It's repetition over time on at scale. And so this is this will be another perfect perfect um, ad offering for them. And Netflix will make a zillion dollars. Um, mm. So I think it'll work for everyone. Um, everyone who can afford it. Everyone who can afford it, and um, yeah, yeah, I because it's not going to work for everyone. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> ten million bucks. Yeah, do you, I think more interestingly is how quickly, if at all, do you think that this will um, that they will open up the capabilities and the targeting and the budget? Do you think this will they'll change this over the short term in like a year or two? Or do you think it'll be a solid five sure. or six years until maybe, you know, the minimum's half a million dollars instead of 10 I'm million? I'm not sure that, um, like, like, I think for me, one of the powers that seemed really interesting about having ads on Netflix was, was the, um, like, the sentiment, the genre. Like, of, if you've got a demographic of people you want to reach and you want to reach them while they're excited or... Um, looking at shows about cooking yep. or like whatever. Like I think the context of that is really powerful. Having said that, I don't know whether they've not released that as a targeting option just yet because 
they don't have the infrastructure to serve yep. that. Um, so potentially they still haven't built that mm-hmm. out. So it would depend how long it would take them to build mm-hmm. that out. And then once they do have it, I think it's um, they don't want to go down the the route of Meta because everybody hates that the way that ads are served on the platform. So you don't want to make it too like, oh, my God, they're listening to me. I once spoke about mm. um, buying purple socks and now they're all over my newsfeed. You don't want people to feel like that. They've got a real fine balance between saying that they were always going to be yep. free and then uh, ad free, sorry, and then now charging people and giving them ads. So I think that they probably do need to go softly, softly and just work out what the feedback is to the ads in general yep. to start yep. with. Um, but it's really interesting as well because it's, I read something recently, which I can't remember who who wrote, but it was um, something about the rise of BVOD, like um, advertising on catch-up TV. Yep. And I thought, you know, TV advertising is not going anywhere. It's just yes. going digital. Yes. Yep. So. Yep. No, I think. It, I guess that's, it's just another extension of it that. Will, it will be, I think it will be absolutely huge from a business point of view. Let's say, I think that the profit motivation though, and the focus on revenue is is too strong for them to ignore. That's obviously why they're doing this, right? And if, let's say they fill up their $10 million ad spend and they put, let's, what's 10? Let's say they get what, 50 customers, right? Let's say they put 50 customers. How much is that? 500 million? That's five hundred mm-hmm. million dollars, half a billion dollars in their first go. They're not just. They will not. There's no way they will just sell out that that 50, those fifty spots every year for ten years, and that's all they'll do. Oh, that's yeah. not possible. They will be like, oh my god, <laughs> we, need we need more, more inventory. inventory. We need more ad spots, and we need more everything. And and I think they'll be like, oh well, why, what about if we get more inventory and we release a two ninety nine subscription? then we can get, you know what I mean? Like it'll be really tough for Netflix to really maintain brand throughout this. And we'll see, and we'll see how they go. But remember when um, Facebook ads were new and like you'd run an ad and people would comment on, on your ad saying, get off my Facebook. <laughs> I didn't say I could have ads on my Facebook. <laughs> rah, rah, rah. So, so, like, so there was that. Yeah, and then like, yeah. you know, the first time there were ads in, um, in, stories it was like yeah oh my god i hate my like so i think they really need to to do this um carefully you know for this to work because if they just start smashing smashing at people with ads no one's going to want they're going to pay the extra five dollars which i don't know how many users they have and whether the maths works out that if people all pay the extra five dollars a month that they don't need any of those advertisers or if they <laughs> like do you know what I mean so so if it's so terrible people will pay more to get away from the terrible as long as they've still got the content or they can do it softly and and not annoy people too much and then slowly boil the frog yeah i think i think both will work i think youtube like youtube makes money both ways right of paid subscribers who 
don't see ads and then the free version and people see ads and they get paid yeah. both ways and it both works and they make a bazillion dollars um, either way. So yeah, I think I think they'll do both. I think Netflix will, here's a prediction, within five years, Netflix will have a free option. There you go. That would just be all ads. That, that, will, be, <laughs> that will be more ads. Um, mm. And yeah, I think that that's that's a cool prediction. So check back in five years. Okay, check well, back in five years. We'll, <laughs> we'll just have to see. Yeah. We'll just have to see. Just keep podcasting for the next five years. All right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what is that, 2027? Yeah. All right. Dude, we got album cuts. These are our small little stories. Keep quick chat. Keep the rabbits out. You saw this as a cool TV ad. Yeah, do you, do you get the reference? Um, I think so. Just remind me, explain to everyone, what are we talking about? So um, a long time ago, there was an ad <laughs> and it was um, a kid sitting in the back seat of a car oh, yes. asking about the Great Wall of China. This is an, so it's an Australian ad, yeah. Have we talked about this before? Now that I'm saying it, I yeah. feel like we may have covered this. I think we have. Okay. Anyway, I just love it. That the the kid, the kid that was in the back asking the questions with the dad answering them in totally stupid ways, and now it's the kid that's driving, and he's the uncle of the the new kid in the back seat. Well, just take questions. us back. So, what happened in the original ad? Give us the original ad. So he was asking his dad, who was driving about um, the Great Wall of China, and he didn't know the answer. So he said the they dad. built it to keep the rabbits out. The dad didn't know. Yeah. Yes. Yes, to keep the rabbits out, yes. And so now we're, we're getting, the kid is, is grown up. He's grown up and he's driving his nephew. Ah, lovely. And his nephew's asking questions and- um, What questions? About, about the pyramids. Oh yeah, yeah. And, and he what? just, and he starts making up that it's a, you know, oh, it's a pyramid scheme. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so, you know, he's learnt nothing. And I think it's, I think it's so charming because it's, it's got the nostalgia bit from it. But also, um, it, it, there's a, um, I've just had a complete mental break. <laughs> yeah, it's just charming, right? Hello? Yes. I saw a post the other day that was like, um, what happened before the internet? Did you just have the wrong answer for 20 years? And it's like, yes, <laughs> we did. You did. Like, because you couldn't look it up. You just, yeah. if someone told you something, you just thought that that was accurate. And so it just keeps reminding me of this, keeps the rabbit out, rabbits out. Yes. Dad. Yeah, really adorable, adorable. Um, and what's it even an ad for? Telstra. Ah, there you go. Mm. There you go. Yeah, because you can look it up. He's like, the kid's like, no, nah, that doesn't sound right. And just like looks it up on his iPad. Very good. Very nice. Yeah. I mean, if, you, if an ad can make you smile, it's probably done a really good job, right? That's really, on a, really on, a, on, a sl on on an unrelated note to that, mm. ads that make you smile. Oh my god, have you seen um, the lottery? No. Oh, it's the best ad I have seen in years on TV. 
there's this in the it could have been complete cringe. Yeah. But they cast it so beautifully, and there's this woman who plays the lotterie because that's how the French say it, Glenn. Um, and she's so like a, a bit Kath and Kim, but a little bit like um, what was that old show? That was late at night, Good News Week or something. Yeah. And it's just, she's delicious. Every time I see her, she's just like a breath of fresh, stale, overly floral air. I love her so much. <laughs> I'm from Wembley and I play the lottery. <laughs> she's so charming. I'm going to put the put a link to that in there. Yes. Love Australian ads. They're so cute. Yes. Oh, by the way, speaking of good ads, man, Google does the best ads, like TV ads. Oh, like the one with Baker Boy? Um, Is that the format that you mean? Yes. And the Where one... they're like trying to find somewhere and they look like they're Googling it. Yeah, and the one with the, the, the grandma who used to play footy, who's now got like dementia. Oh yeah, oh, that's pretty good. That's so good. And there was the one about the girl, oh, it just that absolutely tugged my heartstrings. There was the one a little while ago where it was like the dad who was like, I think he was African, or it, it was obviously not, um, you know, from Australia. And the, you know, his daughter wanted to play footy, and so we had to look up at footy. Oh yeah. Oh my god, so good. So anyway, no, no, not surprisingly, that Google does some of the best TV ads. Very good. Very yeah, good. Yeah, they do. Okay, next album yep. cut is um, it's an article from Umbrella. Uh, and I wonder if this is a paid spot, actually, Karma. That would be interesting if it was. Um, Who would have paid for this? The AI platform. It doesn't look like it. Oh, I see, I see. It doesn't look like Art it auditor. is. It's under news, but, and as you know, me and you don't care. You and I don't care. Um, but anyway, it's an article uh, about an AI analytics platform called Hype Auditor. It has done an analysis um, and has seen that big, huge, mega influencers are losing millions of followers in a short time. Um, mm. So, and, and what and what they're saying is that it looks like Instagram, and this is Instagram followers, sorry, sorry Instagram followers specifically, uh, Instagram mm. itself is going through a purge of bots and fake followers. According to the platform, 13.5% of all Instagram accounts saw a decline in followers. Uh, blah, 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 some more good numbers there. But this was the quote that I think I really, uh, I, I really zeroed in on. It was that 60% uh, of all Instagram accounts are bots. It's a lot, isn't it? Uh, sorry, the, sorry, they're not bots. They're saying the rest are bots. Oh, sorry, we estimate that only 60% of all Instagram accounts are real people. So 40% are bots, inactive accounts, or mass followers. It's yeah, highly okay. unlikely that they are generally interested in shared content. So it only makes sense that Instagram should also remove these ma ma mass accounts like this. So look, that is good to know. Um, apparently Kim and Khloe Kardashian recorded losses of 2.4 million followers. Um, as of September 15, uh, total, I think. Okay. Um, Cristiano Ronaldo lost 1.6 million followers. Um, yeah, look, this seems to be just part of having a social media platform and a social media following is, you know, that 
there are going to be bots and it feels like they as long as the platforms you know keep up with this and don't do it all in one go all the time then they should be doing this all the time right because if they do it in these huge chunks it doesn't uh, look good for the influencers or for the platform itself I think it looks great. Sure, that's good. Yeah, you can have a positive spin on it too, yeah. Like if you have, if you're Kylie Jenner and you have 3.9 million followers and you lose 1.9 million, you've still got quite a lot. I agree, I agree. I 100% agree like with, with that, that even if 40% of all accounts are considered, you know, spam, accounts on Instagram, that still means that Instagram has 600 million users, <laughs> right? Yeah, it's still massive. Still ridiculous. And in theory, your, like, your account gets better. That's right. Because it's it's got people who actually care about yep. it. Ads get better. In, interacting yep. with it and still at scale because you still have millions and millions and millions of followers. Yep. So. Um, do I mean, you think, so, you know, Scott, uh, uh, have you listened to Scott Galloway yet? I really like listening to him. Highly recommend. He yeah. has really very, very great opinions and, and analysis on social media, um, uh, you know, marketing. He's, he's great. Um, he has been banging on about Twitter, how Twitter should monetize. Another option for Twitter to monetize would be a uh, uh, a premium account, like or like anybody with over ten thousand followers or fifty thousand followers should pay a subscription fee, because all those all those influencers would happily pay to keep that following. Oof. And I think that is you know a great idea, um, but but mm. there is you know there's another way. I don't. There's another way of saying it that, you know, Twitter should be paying those people to stay on the platform. You could look at it the other way around. So it's an interesting idea. Should Instagram be charging people with more than 100,000 followers as another monetization option? Uh, I mean, maybe in some cases. It sort of depends. Like, what if you're, like... I don't know, like just say someone, okay, someone normal who just has lots of followers, like let's say um, Sev yep. from Sev's Peeps, yep. right? Mm-hmm. Normal guy has millions yep. of followers. So like you're going to charge him. Uh, like fine, charge Kim Kardashian. She totally has the money. I'm not saying that Sev doesn't have the money and wouldn't see yep. value in it because we'd have to ask him. I don't really know. But like, do you know what I mean? Like you can do things that, give you millions of followers, but it's not necessarily, you're not like just going to throw money at a platform. Like you might not have, you might just be a normal person who made a trick basketball shot once or I don't know, something yeah. stupid. Well, yeah, I'm not saying charge them five grand a month. I'm like 50 grand, $50 a month, $100 a month, you know. Um, and, and look, I think it's a really interesting discussion is it's a symbiotic relationship that influencers and the big creators have with these platforms. Yeah. They need they need each other, right? They really, really do. And because, you know, 
yeah, so who, who needs who more? I don't know. That's an interesting discussion. I don't think we've got time for it. Uh, could be a good episode to have, though. Influences. We could do a whole influencer episode, actually. We um, could. But hey, let's go to our events we got coming up and wrap this beast up. We've got uh, the AMI Summit. It's going to be awesome. Yeah. Um, yeah. We've got... Can't wait. It's been taking up quite a lot of time. Tell us more about it. Come on, give us the pitch. Hit, hit us with the pitch. Um, it's next yep. week, so don't think you can leave it to get tickets later because it isn't. there isn't later. It's next week. Yep. Um, we've got some great agency people, some amazing client side people. We've got firesides. We've got Where is keynotes. It? We've got Where panels. Is it? Crown. Crown. So you've got sweet primo location. Primo whole location. Day. So it is whole day, including drinks, lunch, marketers? afternoon tea. Yes. All marketers. All marketers. Baby marketers, big marketers, All everybody. Yeah. Yeah. Great. To everyone. We, we, so make sure you come along get, to that. Yes, See you there, absolutely. Clayton. I can't wait. Um, and we've got our, so then we've got uh, Grill the Marketer October event, which uh, the mm. date is probably going to change at this point. So stay tuned. We will confirm that coming up, but we still, so just stay tuned for that one. But um, it's going to be great. Uh, we're really, really pumped about our guest. And it's going to be our yeah. last Grill the Marketer of the year. So if you've been meaning to come, this is the uh, last one, or else you're going to have to wait another, what, three or four, three, four months? Four for the months. Next one. So, or something. And you don't want to yeah, wait four yeah. months to come talk to us, Karma. You don't want to wait nah. four months. And also, we I don't think we've ever moved a date for a guest, so that's how excited we are about this guest. Yeah, and it's going to be um, a cracking, uh, cracking event. So good stuff. Um, mm. Dude, that's all I've got. That's all you've got. Me too. Good job. Good job. Keep rocking. Gotta go do some work now. <laughs> and uh, yeah, let's uh, let's get back to it. I'll talk soon, buddy. Good job. See ya. See ya.